Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast as a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I am your host, Jeff Hartman, senior editor of said website. It is Wednesday. Happy hump day, everyone. Hope you've had a great start to your week. Hope you checked out my Monday show, by the way. I want to give that a quick plug. If you missed Monday's show, if it was President's Day and you didn't have to work and you didn't have the commute and you didn't have the drive, then go back and check it out in case you missed it. Now, my ride-or-die crew is as loyal as they come, and they do not miss episodes, but this one is one you do not want to miss. Uh, Kevin Smith joined me in the second half of that show, and it was really, really good. I mean, I've had a lot of guests on the show, and I'm not downplaying any of those guests. Kevin was great. He's a football junkie, gave some great insight, not just on Brian Flores' hire, but also team needs, et cetera, the state of the game. I'm t- Just go do it. Do it. Listen to that one, then come back to this one. You won't miss much, but we have a lot to talk about. Before we get to all that, I want to remind you that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's film room breakdowns, information on new hires, free agents they should target, draft news, big boards. Oh, my goodness, we have everything. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, it should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We say it all the time, and we mean it. We absolutely mean it. Also, on the podcast side, wherever you get your podcasts, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, it does not matter. Find us, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you do not miss a thing because you're not going to want to miss a thing. That's really important. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, been a lot of talk 
Flores dominated the weekend. And then on Monday, though, all of a sudden, Kevin Colbert, the general manager, at least for the next few months, he spoke to the media. Now, I hate this stuff. I really do. You know, maybe it's because here at Behind the Steel Curtain, we are not what they call an accredited website. Meaning, the Steelers, while they acknowledge our existence, they also don't acknowledge our existence. And this, by the way, is a Pittsburgh Steelers thing. It is not a National Football League thing. And what do I mean by that? There are other SB Nation websites. Give you a good example of two of the biggest websites. Arrowhead Pride, Cover the Chiefs. Bleeding a Green Nation, which is cover the Eagles, both of those sites have 100% access to the players, to the coaches, to everything. They view these websites as, hey, the more news about us out there, the better. The Steelers, they are not one of those organizations, and they're not alone either. I know that the Patriots are not going to let SB Nation sniff their inner workings any either. Uh, And so it's really frustrating when all these other media outlets knew about Kevin Colbert speaking, and here we are in the dark, and we're finding out about it just like everyone else is on Twitter. When you have all these beat reporters that are just tweeting away, tweeting away, it's, it's frustrating. Plain and simple, it's frustrating. And there's nothing I can do about it. I've tried. It's just the way that it is. I'm gonna manage it, but still... Kevin Colbert spoke, get that out of the way, Kevin Colbert spoke, and fans are kind of up in arms about a lot of different things, we'll put it that way, they are up in arms about a lot of different things, and I know that on the Steelers hangover, Brian Anthony Davis, Tony Defio, and Shannon White, they talked about some of the bullet points, but my job here today in the first half of this podcast is not just to reiterate what Kevin Colbert said, but to translate it, I want to read between the lines of Kevin Colbert's recent quotes. He said a lot, but I want to kind of do the translator. Let's do that, like the Google Translate on your phone. Where I'm going to sit, I'm going to read what he said, and then I'm going to tell you what he meant and what it means, how he said it. So that's going to be really important. So let's get this started. I'm going to use to start this show off uh, with Dave Schofield read an article, the top eight takeaways from Kevin Colbert's time with the media. I'm going to use these bullet points. As the we're going to translate these, all right, we're going to get the Google Translate out. So this tweet is from Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers.com. He said, GM Kevin Colbert said the Steelers will begin their meeting evaluating free agents starting February 22nd. That would be when this is being recorded, Tuesday, and lasting the rest of the week. No decisions on any free agents, even their own, until those meetings conclude. Okay. Let's pop that that tweet into the Google Translate, or should I call it the Kevin Colbert Translate machine, and let's translate it. Here's what he's saying. First and foremost, if you think for a second that the Steelers organization, front office, whatever, has not met about their own free agents prior to February 22nd, might want to go get your head examined. Absolutely, they've met and talked about it. That doesn't mean they've come to conclusions That's what's important here. No decisions on free agents, even their own, until those meetings conclude. So here's what's going to happen at these meetings. They're going to sit down. I guarantee you the first thing they're going to do is they're going to start with their own free agent list, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster, Terrell Edmonds, uh, Joe Hayden, Akella Witherspoon. We know the list. We've talked about the list. And those players are going to be put under the microscope and the coaching staff, the front office, they're going to say, 
What do we think they're going to get on the open market? Can we match it? And do we even want to match it? And then after that, let's talk about positions that we want to target, players that we want to target in free agency. Remember, the legal tampering period starts on March 14th, so that's coming up quick. That's coming up quick. Still in that same vein, Kevin uh, Labriola continues, Kevin Colbert on the Steelers' salary cap situation, quote, I think we can comfortably say that we will have more salary cap room this year than we've had. I can't even remember when we've had any excess room, but we're anticipating having more room going into this process, end quote. Okay, let's put that into the Colbert translator and... Come on, people. Like, look at the sentence that he, look at what he says. Look at the quote. Yes, the Steelers are normally bellied up to the cap. The only room that they get is when the salary cap increases. They have excess room. We know that it could be anywhere from 35 upwards of 60 if they move, make all the moves. I hope they don't. All the moves that they could. It could easily be around $40 million to spend. Now, this is with the cap going up projected about $20 million in and of itself. So they're going to have some salary cap room this offseason. He says, I can't remember when we've had any excess room because it typically doesn't happen. And so they're going to be in a comfortable spot. They're going to be able to spend some money. This is going to be a fun thing to watch. And it's also going to be interesting to see how the Steelers just maneuver with money. We're not used to seeing them having this type of money. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they maneuver. Let's move on. All right, next bullet point from that article, talking about the NFL draft. Everyone's favorite talking point, the NFL draft. Labriola says, Kevin Colbert listed the 2022 draft class strengths and weaknesses. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, cornerback, and outside linebacker are deep. Guard and center or interior offensive line, defensive tackles, not so deep. How convenient, if I put it in the translator, is it that Quarterback is not even mentioned, not even mentioned in a class strength or a class weakness, deep positions, not so deep, not even listed. That's hysterical to me. So, of course, there's going to be positions where, I don't know, someone like Colbert's going to look and say, boy, this is going to be really, really easy to have a, a, a kind of our pick of who we want at this position. Some positions, that's not the case. Take that for what it's worth. Dale Lolly then adds, Colbert said the Steelers expect to receive one additional compensatory pick sometime in early March. This made headlines, and my saying, even to our own Michael Beck on our Slack channel, he put this out there and said, ugh, this is frustrating. Dave Schofield has been predicting this for the last, I don't know how many months, at least since the end of the regular season, when Joe Haig was forced into playing time that we didn't expect, and Bud Dupree didn't play as much as we expected, and it changed everything. This shouldn't shock people if you pay attention, and that includes our own BTSC staff. The next bullet point, the quarterback. Oh, goodness, the quarterback situation. Brooke Pryor of ESPN says, Colbert says the Steelers will add quarterbacks, quote, we know we're going to add to the position. I can't tell you how at this point. We will go to camp with four. If we had to start today with Mason as our starter, let's go. We'll try to build the best team around him. Okay, let's put it into the translator. Of course, if the Steelers are going into the season right now, Mason Rudolph is the quarterback. Why? He's the only quarterback under contract right now. The only one. Dwayne Haskins is a restricted free agent. The Steelers have to place a tender on him. He has to sign the tender. That has not happened as of yet. Therefore, right now, if the season started today, as 
Kevin Colbert said, of course, Mason Rudolph would be the starter. Now, he went on to say that, yes, they do expect to give Dwayne Haskins a tender. Dwayne Haskins has to sign the tender. We shall see. Jenna Harner says, again, about the quarterback competition, quote, can we add to the process from the outside? Yes. We always look at trades. We always look at unrestricted groups, potential cuts down the road. We know we're going to add to the position, end quote. That was obviously from Colbert. Let's translate that. And we don't have a quarterback right now. Ben Roethlisberger retired. We are not going to shut the door on bringing in a quarterback in any way, shape, or form. Again, don't read too much into that. Now, about the quarterbacks in the draft class, he was specifically asked about that. Colbert said there is a good quality available, probably not in the same numbers as in recent years, but he's excited about that part of the process. The excitement, that's something that when I put it into the translate machine, it registers. Mike Tomlin said the same exact thing at the end of the season press conference when he asked, is there a concern or a level of excitement about the fact that you have to find a new quarterback for the first time in 18 seasons. And he said, there is a level of excitement there. Okay. Hey, I'm not saying you want to get rid of Ben Roethlisberger, but you knew you were going to have to sooner or later. Now you get to find your guy. Next bullet point is Stefan to Everyone wants to talk about Stefan to Colbert on Stefan to availability. This from Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Been in contact with Stephen. It was Stefan. I'm sorry, Stefan. He's open to continuing to help him. Open to continuing to help him continue to evaluate that position and his availability to us. Let's put that into the translator. And they have no clue what Stefan Tuitt's doing. Stefan Tuitt's availability. You've been in contact with him, and you don't have any definitive answer yet. That's a problem, and that means they don't know. And that's a problem. So in terms of translating, yeah, that's a problem. Now, Dale Lawley continues. Colbert said the Steelers have spoken with Stefan Tuitt and are open to welcoming him back in 2022. Sounds like that will happen. Dale thinks it'll happen. I'm not saying that. Not yet. Look at what he said, that they're open to welcoming him back. That just means they're not they're not planning on cutting him right now. And if they were planning on cutting him, do you think they would make this announcement right now? No, they wouldn't. They're going to hold their cards close to the vest. That's what they do. Again, don't read too much into this. Colbert basically is saying, plain and simple, they don't know. Read, read between the lines, people. All right, Kendrick Green's the next one from Brooke Pryor. Colbert says, Kendrick did a lot of good things for us, and when he hurt his calf, he wasn't benched for inefficient play. He was benched because he was hurt. Quote, we know that Kendrick can play guard. We know he can play center. Is it our best option? See where we go in the next two months. Okay, let's look at that quote. Let's put it in the translator. What does that tell you? Kendrick Green's a versatile offensive lineman, and he's not the answer at any one of those positions. He can play guard. He can play center. Yes, he got hurt. It wasn't that he was benched for inefficient play, but when he was deemed healthy, he still didn't play. They are probably going to try to address the center position. That's just the way that it works. I, I hope that Kendrick Green can somehow bounce back, but at the same time, I'm not banking on it. Joe Rudder of the Tribune Review says Kevin Colbert said one of his regrets from the 2020 offseason was not, quote, adding another affordable veteran, end quote, to the offensive line mix to, quote, ease the growth of that group, end quote. Let's put that in the translator. We really messed up. The salary cap screwed us. We wanted a veteran. We had to rely on rookies, a rookie, mainly a Kendrick Green, and that ended up screwing us up in the offensive line. Hey, 
You got to admit when you're wrong. That's essentially what he's saying. Next, Devin Bush. Colbert says, this is from Brooke Pryor of ESPN. Colbert says they haven't decided if the Steelers are going to pick up Devin Bush's fifth-year option, but he mentioned the ACL recovery impacting him in 2021. Quote, I think Devin Bush will be a better player in 2022. End quote. Translate it. What does it mean? It means they don't know what they're doing with this fifth-year option yet. Why? If Devin Bush is going to play better in 2022, unless you are certain of that, there's you have till May to make this call. You don't have until the end of the season to make the call. He's saying, I think Devin Bush will play better in 2022. Then again, he's probably not going to be around or the GM at that time, so take that for what it's worth. Now, speaking of him not being around his final season, that's the next topic here. Jerry Dulac, our buddy Jer Bear, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he says Kevin Colbert said he told Art Rooney II and Mike Tomlin last May this would be his final season as GM, quote, it was time from a personal standpoint, it was time from a professional standpoint, end quote. Put that in the translator. I see this differently than most. It was time from a personal standpoint. Get it. I understand that 100%. Time from a professional standpoint. Well, that's a little different. Wait a second. From a professional standpoint, you were ready to hang it up? Like, wait, what? Dulac continues. Colbert said he's not going to use the word quote-unquote retirement, nor does he want to because, quote, I may or may not have a role with the team. However, he is expected to remain in a reduced role with his, when his contract expires after the draft. So he's not sure what his future is, but it sure as heck sounds like he's not ready to say, I'm done. I don't know. Is this going to be one of those Bruce Arians retirements? We'll see. Uh, it's definitely interesting to say the least. Last one here before we take a break. Interviewing new general managers. Colbert was asked about that. Joe Rudder of the Tribune Review says Kevin Colbert is assisting Art Rooney II in those interviews for his successor. Quote, my role is to provide him with people we think are potential replacements, end quote. Colbert is hoping he can remain with the organization in some capacity after the new GM is hired following the draft. Our buddy Jerry Bear, Jerry Dulac, he chimes in. Colbert said the Steelers are interviewing a flurry of GM possibilities now because they are they are allowed to talk to any potential candidate without permission prior to March 1st. Colbert's involved with Art Rooney II in all the interviews. There's no translating needed here, folks. He's sitting on the interviews. Why? Because he's the current GM. He has a really good feel for what works, or a really good feel that what doesn't work. What's gonna, who's going to work well with Mike Tomlin? Who might not? I would expect him to be on those interviews because it's that important and because he's been with the team for an extremely long he's been with them a long time we'll put it that way all right the mailbag time that's coming up right after this break stay tuned we'll be right back It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All 
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment. It is mailbag time. I want to apologize for kind of rushing through that first segment at times. I had a lot of responses in this mailbag. I wanted to get to them all, and I didn't want to hold, push this podcast any further back in terms of time. I know that you probably don't complain. We try to keep it to time limits here behind the steel curtain, and so I was trying to keep it timely, so my apologies. But I put out the tweet. If you ever want a question answered on the mailbag, all you have to do is create a Twitter account. It's free. Follow me at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Every Tuesday, it was right at noon, I put this tweet out, okay, ride or die crew, time for some questions. I put one of my favorite scenes in the movie Dumb and Dumber. It is when, oh my goodness, Lloyd goes and sells the Mutt Cuts van, and he comes back with the moped, and it's just one of the best scenes. Just when I think you couldn't do any dumb and be any dumber. Let's get to the questions. Cody. Shield 91, as he goes by on YouTube, he says, looking at all Mason Rudolph starts, is it fair to assume he can't be a stable quarterback for 2022? I know he had significant playing time in 2019, but there still felt like a lot of weird circumstances that may have hindered his confidence and ability to develop. Cody, that's a good question, and I can honestly say that I think that he can be a stable quarterback in 2022. Is he going to win you a championship? Probably not. He only costs you $4 million. So if you don't find the guy, then you don't go out and waste money. I said this in prior podcasts. I'll say it again. Just like in the draft. If it's not the guy, you know I'm talking about if he's not the guy, then don't waste your time or money. That's just my own personal feelings here when it comes you know, when it comes to the way they should approach this offseason with the quarterback position. Stick with Mason if if that's what you have to do. He's cheap, and he can probably win you some games, might even get you to the playoffs. You never know, especially if the defense is better. Okay, Zach Farnsworth asks, how soon do you think the Steelers approach to it to learn his plans for the upcoming season? And do you think being away for a year could see him regress? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Zach. First, they've had to be in contact. We talked about it in the first segment. Colbert said they've been in contact with him. They need to know right away. They need to know before the new league year starts, are you in or are you out? Because if he's out, then they need to move on, and they need to find some replacements out there. If he's in, that changes everything. As far as the year away, I don't necessarily see that always as a negative. Sometimes a year away can help bring some perspective to a player. I know it did with Ben Roethlisberger when he was hurt in 2019. He missed the game. He missed playing it. It really caused him to want to come back and play well in 2020. Regardless of what your thoughts are on that, that's neither here nor there. But still, in my case, in this case, I should say, I don't think it's going to see him regress. If anything, he should come back fresh and healthy as long as his mind is right. Cheeseball10, Jeff, what could be the reality of Tewitt's decision? And when should we expect to hear from him on it? We need him on this team and we'll miss him if he is gone. So like I said... If I'm the Steelers, I'm telling them we need to know by March 14th. Like We need to know by March 14th whether you're in or out. And if you're out, that's fine, but we need to know you're out, and then we're going to move on. If you're in, then let's go. Then let's get your butt to Pittsburgh if you're not already here. Let's get you in this facility. Let's get you working out because we need to make sure you're ready to go. That's what needs to happen with Stefan to it. All right, Brian Haynes, he went on a question spree in this one, so we're going to get to a few of them. He said, if Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback in 2022, was this offseason a failure? No. No. If you listen to these podcasts, I've said it over and over. 
They can keep Mason Rudolph, build the rest of the roster. They get their quarterback the following year, and they'll be fine. Or they draft their quarterback this year. Mason Rudolph is the bridge quarterback, and then that quarterback takes over next year. Don't view it as a failure if they build up the rest of the roster. Todd Hall says with all the quarterback uh, talk going around and speculation of who it should be, uh, has anyone heard from Canada on what type of quarterback he would like to have to run his offense? It's a great question. So, no, we have not heard from Matt Canada to answer your question, but we do know that Matt Canada does like a quarterback that can run RPOs, it has some mobility, maybe not a runner, but someone that can run if necessary. So it'll be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position, especially if they draft a quarterback, because that would tell you the type of quarterback that Canada wants in the system. Brian Haynes asked another one, is Flores going to be higher or lower on the defensive food chain than Austin? He's lower. He's a senior assistant. Was Austin higher than Butler last year? If you think so, then maybe he will, but I don't. So that's the kind of totem pole that you're talking about. Brian asked another one, what would be a mistake in the draft? A mistake for me would be trading up in the draft to take a quarterback that you aren't 100% sold on being the future franchise quarterback. If there's any doubt at all, avoid it. That's my fear. Daily Joint Company says, Jeff, how did you fall into this job and how do I do the same? LOL. He said, my actual question is, how do you? How did you take the two at news? After pretty much nothing since training camp, I can't help but feel optimistic that he may come back. Is it just me or can we get some hopes up? You can get your hopes up, but I'm not getting my hopes up until I know for sure that he's back. Whether it's he makes a statement, the Steelers make a statement, he shows up, I don't know. I need something tangible here to actually see he's going to be back. As for how I fell into this job, um, I'll give you the short story of it. I was running my own website called the Black and Gold Blitz, and I covered all three Pittsburgh sports. It was one of the blogger websites. This was years ago, and it was free. I enjoyed it, and my wife saw how hard I was working, writing articles about the Penguins, the Pirates, the Steelers, and she said, if you're going to spend so much time on this, can you at least try to get some money for it? I said, okay. So I went to a website called Rant Sports. That site still exists, I believe, and I was hired as their Steelers writer very early on in the process, and it was what they called a pay-by-click premise, meaning you wrote the story, it got published once it was edited, and then you had to then promote it, and you got paid by how many people saw it. I think the most I got for one season was $6 in a month. So finally, I stumbled upon Behind the Steel Curtain, talked with Neil Kulong, the editor at the time. I came on board writing just news articles, uh, commentary every now and then. I was really a secondhand man, was getting paid nothing. Kept working hard, kept working hard, and then all of a sudden, I got some money. It was like 50 bucks a month. Just kept working hard, kept working hard, and then Neil took a job elsewhere. I took over as editor. So hard work does pay off, folks, and there are openings out there. And even with Behind the Steel Curtain, it doesn't mean you're going to get paid, but sometimes you just need to get your foot in the door. If you ever are interested in writing for the website, you can reach out to me or reach out to Dave Schofield. We are going to ask for samples. We are going to ask you for experience. If you don't have either of those, that doesn't mean you can't write for us, but it means that it might take a little bit longer. 
Next question from Eamon J. Singh. He said, I had a realization recently that after Ben Roethlisberger retired, I am now older than all Steelers players on the roster. Any tips on dealing with this crisis? I guess maybe you asked me because it was just my birthday. But yeah, I am now older than every single Steeler on the roster. Ben Roethlisberger was born a year before me in 82 in March. So yeah, right now I'm older than all of those players. Um, It's going to happen eventually. It's just funny when you see these guys and they look like they're 40 and they're actually like 22. Like Trey Turner. Someone said, oh, Trey Turner's 30. He's what? 30? He looks like he's 40. You got to be kidding me. Ah, you'll be fine, uh, Eamon. Don't worry about it. Okay, uh, Brian Haynes says, would you take Carr, Derek Carr, for our 20 and 52 and a 20, 23 second? Let me tell you this. Hell no, I wouldn't do that. No, no. No, that's ridiculous, Brian. Seriously, that's ridiculous. Haskins QB IDK. I love how that's changed. Should the Steelers look into adding more to the kick return and punt return game? Because Ray Ray is good and all, but not about returning for touchdowns. Now, uh, Patterson with the Falcons, uh, I think it's Corderell Patterson. I think that's how you say his name. I don't know. Um, Shannon White wrote a great article about it. He should be a guy the Steelers should look for in free agency because he is... A versatile, he can be a running back, can also be a, a pass catcher. I'm all about that. I'm not. I don't need to have Ray Ray McLeod back if they can find another option. And when you talk about Patterson, he can do some of the things that Debo Samuel does in San Francisco. Maybe not as well, but he can. He can also return punts, return kicks. You would be able to absorb, and this is something Shannon talked about in his article. You can kind of absorb multiple positions with one player, and that's a tr- that's attractive. Aiden Blaine asks, if you could take any Steelers legend from the past and put them on next year's team, who would you choose and why? Okay, any Steelers? You know what I'll do? I've recently watched a highlight reel of this guy. So this is just why I'm going this way. I'll go with Rod Woodson. You know, Akella Witherspoon's gone. Joe Hayden could be gone. And Akella Witherspoon's not gone. I don't want people to freak out if they hear that. He could be gone. Joe Hayden could be gone. Terrell Edmonds could be gone. Your secondary is going to need some help. Give me Rod Woodson in his prime, and we will be set as the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers fans would love it, by the way. Southside Doc asks, is it a mistake to draw out the GM search, or is the role less coveted if the position lacks the ability to m- make his mark? Colbert tied his legacy to Ben. If he drafts a quarterback, does that tie the next GM's hands? That is a great freaking question. So... I didn't think about it in that regard. Although I would say that if a quarterback is drafted in 2022, it would probably be Tomlin's pick. It w- that's my guess. But you're right. I don't think they want to bring in the GM now because the Colbert's contract runs through the draft. But it does make you wonder about that. If, if Colbert picks a guy and that GM that comes in, whoever it is, whether it's in-house or an external candidate, if that's a if that's a guy that they're like, I would not have drafted that quarterback, that could set the team back. He cheats and asks the second question, can you give the times of the live YouTube schedule? So if you don't know, our podcasts, our PM shows go live on YouTube typically around 9 p.m., but in the offseason, there are some changes. Now, the Steelers preview on Thursday, myself, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis, we try to shoot for 8.30. Typically, it's more like 8.40, 8.45 I know that Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict go on at 9. 
pretty sure the Scobro show goes on at 9. The Hangover goes early. I think they're either 5.30 or 6 p.m. Check the times that they've run, and that's going to be your standard operating procedure. I think even Tony Defio on Friday does 9 p.m., so keep your eye out. Saturdays are a little different with Touchdown Under. I think they go around 5 or 6, and then we have a new Sunday show debuting, but I don't know what time it is, but that's a good question. Corey Eckenroth says, top free agent on your wish list. Okay, I'll go with Patterson that I just mentioned. Uh, I just read that article from Shannon. I edited that article, so I read it, obviously. Um, He's very intriguing, but I could also see a cornerback being on their list, whether it's Jackson from the New England Patriots or maybe uh, Gilmore, who was with Carolina. They have a lot of good cornerbacks there. It just depends on the cost. Can these guys stay healthy? Also, he says, the top draft crush or position to fill through the draft. So my right now, it's too early for me to have a draft crush. I need to really start looking into these players a little bit more. I need to get off my get off the can and start doing it. I keep on talking about it. Just need to start doing these prospect breakdowns. But still, uh, the top draft crush for me or position, we'll go with position. I think for me, it's it's still quarterback because if you can find a guy, I've watched some uh, Willis tape, Malik Willis. He's an intriguing guy. I'll tell you that for sure. For the inaccuracies that he has, boy, he can be electric, and he's got a big arm. People want to compare him to Lamar Jackson. I don't. I don't. I watch him play. They look totally, totally different. That's a good question. Good question. King Tibbs, he says, love the website in this particular show the best. Thank you. He says, you're my favorite BTSC member. Wow. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. Seeing all this talk of skipping the combine over these, quote, bubble protocols and the subsequent unbubbling done by the league to prevent it, I'm wondering what's the difference. So here's the difference. The NFL, they decided that they were going to be, quote, unquote, super safe at the NFL combine, which has not happened since it was shut down in 2020 when everything shut down. And so they sold these athletes that were going to be attending, these prospective players, that when they came when they came to Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Field, they were going to have to stay basically in bubbles. And it meant that there were restrictions on who could or could not leave or enter the bubble. And these agents were saying, this is the biggest week plus for some in their lives, and you're restricting whether they can get trainers, you know, massage therapists, anyone like that to come in and help them to improve their draft stock, which can drastically impact their professional lives, they had a good case. So then all of a sudden, these agents started saying, because the agents typically front the bill for this stuff, the agents started saying, okay, you're going to have these bubbles. Our prospects are not going to show up. The NFL says, holy cow, now we're potentially talking about losing money. The scouting combine has become a cash cow for the Steelers. They show it live on television It's on throughout the day. They talk about it on ESPN, NFL Network. We talk about it on our podcast. They can't have some of these big-name players not showing up. So what do they do? They back down. No more bubbles. You can bring in who you want. There are certain protocols that do need to be followed, but you basically are going to be, if you want to leave the bubble, you do it at your own risk. Wow, personal choice. Who would have thought? But still, that's what's happening with the combine. Unbubble. They burst the bubble. If I had a dollar for every time someone used that as a headline. Okay, Corey Eckenroth said, do you bother to watch the Underwear Olympics, the combine, 
If so, what's your favorite event to watch? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. For me, I don't watch it that much. I will look at certain players and look at their times. I don't put that much stock into it. How often is someone going to run in a straight line for 40 yards in the game of football? How many times uh, are they going to stand there, no running start, no momentum, and just jump, whether it's a standing broad jump or a vertical jump? Uh, How many times is a lineman going to bench press 225 pounds straight off their laying on their back you hope never so i take it with a grain of salt but it is good to see things like um the strength numbers some of the measurables i know i joked about hand size of quarterbacks but arm span uh wingspan for a lineman is important uh it's just fun to see some of the spark that's the uh athleticism gears that you see on uh, social media so i don't put too much stock in it long story short there Okay, sentenced TC says, why is there so much shade or hate towards Mason? It's a great question. When you think about Mason Rudolph, you think about a career that kind of seems like he was set up for failure. It's not his fault. 2018, no quarterback coach, rookie, third string, doesn't even get practice reps. Basically, doesn't he never even dresses for a game. 2019, finally gets a quarterback's coach, Now all of a sudden gets thrust into the game, week two, and he's essentially a rookie. And even in that season, plays okay, not great, not horrible, gets concussed, really bad concussion, comes back, has to deal with the Miles Garrett, the accusations, the helmet, and then he comes back in after getting benched against the Jets, is looking like he's playing well, hurts his shoulder, that's it. And now everyone wants to draw conclusions because he tied the Lions, Okay, Mason Rudolph found off on Saturday that he's starting. They can't really change the the um, overall offensive game plan at that short notice. Not his fault that the defense gave up over 200 yards rushing. Not his fault that the uh, two players fumbled, Pat Fryermuth and Deontay Johnson. That's not his fault at all. Now, is it his fault that he skipped one to Ray Ray McLeod in the rain? Yes. Is it his fault that he threw an interception? Yes. That's Mason Rudolph. That's Mason Rupp. He's going to give you a chance. You just can't give the game away. I don't get the hate either. If they go with Mason Rudolph, like I said, I could see him getting him to the playoffs. Do I think he's going to win you a Super Bowl? Not really, but I think he can get you to the postseason. All right, Eric asks, I agree with not spending all of our cap on one guy, but do you think the Steelers should or will make a push for uh, Stephen Gilmore? That would really help bolster a position. They don't draft well. Maybe still draft one mid-round. Keep Akello, let Hayden go, and still have Sutton. Okay, so this all hinges on how much would it cost to keep Akello Witherspoon. Because if you're going to pay Gilmore, I'm not sure if you have enough money to also get Witherspoon and then have enough money to do anything else. If that were the case, if they could get Gilmore in a really really team-friendly deal, he has experience with Brian, excuse me, Brian Flores, I think. Uh, in his time, Flores knows him well from the AFC East, at least. But also, um, you know, you bring back Witherspoon, that would be a really nice-looking secondary. That would also be really good in man coverage, which would be good to see for a change. Last question here. Gene asks, in your opinion, do you actually think the Steelers are going to be very active in free agency for someone like a big-name corner or offensive line as they never really go after big fish? Hashtag ride or die crew. That's tough because like Kevin Colbert said, and I talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, they've never really had that situation. They've never really had that situation where they have excess money to spend. 
And when they have, the excess money has gone to literally like one player or two. It's never really been, wow, we have all this money. We can go out and do X, Y, and Z. They have that situation. And so there's a part of me that almost feels like this is uncharted waters for the Steelers, that they're not really sure what everything is. What are they going to do? Who can they get? What does the deal look like? Who are they keeping? Who are they restructuring? There's still so much. I can see them being players. I really can see them being players. But keep in mind, got to go back last week to my rules for free agency. I'm not interested in the last year, the last contract crew. I'm not interested in anyone over over 30. Give me the young players. Give me the young players that are going to stick around. They're going to be a part of this rebuilding process because I still believe two to three years is what it's going to take for the Steelers to get back to championship form. All right. Good stuff, Ride or Die crew. You all really pulled through. I'll tell you what. Really pulled through. I appreciate you. I appreciate everyone for listening. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, so you don't miss a thing. You know how we finished it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I'll see you on Friday. Have a good one. Good to see you. Every night, I'm sipping coffee, burning all to the morning.